Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Can I have all y'all stand up? We want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Anybody not finished uh, shopping yet? Anybody not start yet? Yeah, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Just, just, just go with nothing. Just say Merry Christmas. Give hugs. Give love. Love is better than a gift anyway. I want to say hello to everybody um, on all our campuses. Look at all the people out there. Big hand. God bless y'all. We are winding down our year. As you know, on uh, Tuesday we'll have our Christmas Eve service. Uh, there are people in your life who are waiting for Christmas and Easter to go to church. And so pray that God will reveal that person to you and bring them to church. Four o'clock on Tuesday we'll be at all the campuses and we'll have a Christmas Eve service. And this year is ending up. Let's pray about how we're going to end this year so we can go into next year strong. Uh, starting on the first Sunday of January, we are going to have a 21-day fast as we do every year. So start getting your mind ready for that. Um, and if you say fast what, it's up to you. But we're not talking about fasting, cursing, or robbing, or stuff like that. We're talking about fasting. You know, I'm not going to rob a bank for 30, 21 days. It's not, it's not that. I'm, I'm fasting some kind of food, some kind, some kind of sustenance that you feel like you are dependent on so you can spend more time with God, separate yourself from physical dependency uh, at your physician's advice, just to cover myself, so uh, you know what I'm saying. Uh, hey, listen, uh, the last uh, couple months or so, we had some incredible things. I just want to do a recap. One, we had our all-in offering a few weeks ago, and we had, we, our goal was $3.5 million. We had 4.1 pledge and give it. Come on now. Give you perspective on how that works. People pledge up to that much, and 1.2 has been received. So there's still 3.3 million to be received. So we want to pray that 3. Point, that 3 million come in. Uh, amen. Come on now. Come on now. Um, then we had Toys for Joy. If you weren't here last week, we had 15,000 people at Toys for Joy, 21,000 toys, blah, blah, and uh, uh, 2,100 people get saved. And so that was, and, and that, by the way, that. that all in, help pay for that. That's all paid for. Come on now, come on now. And yesterday, the day before, and the day, last three days, we had living nativity. That was off the hook. Oh, come on now. We had 620 people get saved over those three nights. 9,200 people were here. We had 1,000 volunteers. Uh, it was just awesome. Um, and it, it was the first time we had a living nativity. Uh, it was just incredible. You've seen all the stuff. If you're here in Point Loma, you see all the stuff in the lobby. But if you haven't, from all the campuses, if you were here, you know it was incredible. And we, we did a little poll of 250, a very small sample size. But of the 250 people we surveyed, half of them were visitors. They had never been here. So uh, hopefully we, we had a lot of people come here for the first time. Some people drive in two hours. It was awesome. So I want to give a special shout out to all the people who are involved in Living Nativity. Let's give them a big hand. It was awesome. Are y'all ready for church? Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Bless us, encourage us. And Lord, I pray that we would deem you worthy. That we bow our knee in your presence. That we bend our will to yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at the person next to you, tell them God loves them. Tell them God loves them.
same minute this year has gone by really fast. Amen. <laughs> amen, amen. If you are a visitor, my name is Miles. I'm the pastor of the Rock. Thank you for coming today. And uh, hopefully Tuesday you'll be back with somebody. Uh, it is uh, Christmas Eve. Let's see your Bibles. Get your Bibles out on the count of three. Very good. <laughs> I didn't say say words. So you get a half a point. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 1. Last book of the Bible. Um, I have seen living nativities all my life and always wanted to have one for years. But I've never been to a living nativity that I can remember where there was a gospel presentation. It was always like you saw Mary and Joseph in the manger. Um, my, my niece was um, in a car driving down the street and she saw a manger and she said, Mommy, there's um, Dick and Laura. And I'm going to say, who's Dick and Laura? Oh, that's Jesus' parents. <laughs> I don't know where she got Dick and Laura from. <laughs> but it's Mary and Joseph. Okay. <laughs> so you go to these living nativities, you got, you know, <laughs> Dick and Laura, <laughs> who are actually a couple that we know. I don't know, but they don't know her, my niece, but I don't know how she, where she got those two names. You got baby Jesus, you got the manger, you got the shepherds, you got the mad guy, you got the startup. And you always see that stuff and you get animals like a petting zoo. So I've been to living nativities. Like we got to do a living nativity because we're all about getting people saved where there's a gospel presentation. And so I live in nativity. You came in to the sanctuary and saw a 40-minute presentation with dancing and singing and all kind of stuff. And, and the gospel was presented. And then you went out to the lobby and, and dealt with the marketplace. And we actually had a straight-up camel Come in this room. Oh, come on now. A straight up eight foot camel <laughs> named Jasmine. That, that's her name, Jasmine. <laughs> and, she, she, and she was the only one getting paid because all, we all are volunteers. Right? And she's walking here like, that's right, what's up? <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> My, <laughs> I know I was like, hump, 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 Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get that out of my head all day long <laughs> for three days. Um, but she was standing here just kind of looking around like, you know. Then she left. My favorite part of the 40 minutes, and it was all amazing, but there's always this, you know, everybody has their own spot. My spot was when we were singing Oh Holy Night. And the angels were out here in their wings. And they said... <clears throat> Fall on your knees, oh ye, <laughs> the angel voices. And <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> I, I cannot sing. Come on now. <laughs> but 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 they 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 did this. And when I saw that. I had this image of the respect that these angelic beings have of Jesus. I want to talk to you today that Jesus, about Jesus being worthy that we bow. That you bow. I want to play the video so I can show you what happened. So this is what it looked like. Check them out.
I'm going to read from Revelation chapter 1 verse 9 where John is going to see an image of Jesus and he is going to fall on his face involuntarily because it is so awesome. Often we can get so comfortable, complacent with the idea of being in the presence of God where we can almost blow God off like, you know, yeah, we're in church or I'm praying at home or God's speaking to me and whatever. But in reality, when you see God, for all of you who are going to see God, well, let me say this. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess at some point. Whether you're going to confess, my Lord, my God, or my Lord, my God, oh. But you will bow. <laughs> and no one's going to walk in heaven like, you know, what's up, I'm here. Like George Jefferson, like, you don't arrive. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> you are going to walk humble. For all y'all who, who doesn't know who George Jefferson is, by the way, if you, know, you don't know. Uh, uh, oh, okay. You need to Google George Jefferson, okay. You know, you know move on up if you're going to know who George Jefferson is. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1 verse 9, it says, I, John both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience in Jesus Christ was on the island of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. He was on an island because he was executed for being a Christian and preaching the gospel. All the disciples were executed except one. One killed himself. But, but he was executed and it didn't work. They threw him in a vat of boiling oil and it didn't work. He came out. I don't know what he looked like. I don't know if he was crispy or not or burnt or whatever. Or he just came out like, hey, I took a bath. But they said, well, we can't, can't there's no double jeopardy. So they, they exiled him to this island by himself. And it says in verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day on a Sunday. He's in the spirit, in the spirit praying, worshiping. And he heard a, behind him a voice as a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Alpha is the first letter in the, he, in the Greek language. Omega is the last letter. He, and so he hears this voice saying, I am the, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So we have the book of Revelation. He said, I want you to write down what you see and I want you to send it to these churches. That's what we're reading. Verse 12. Then he said, then it says, I turned to see the voice. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And we'll see those represent seven churches. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. Jesus in the midst of them. Jesus is in our midst, by the way. Every time you come in here, you co we come in the presence of each other, but we also come in the presence of God. Obviously, God is everywhere, but where two or three are gathered, there he is interacting. And it says, in the midst of the seven golden lamps stands one like the Son of Man, clothed in a garment down to his feet, girded, with, girded about his chest with a gold band, the clothes of a priest. A priest, the Latin word is pontifex, the bridge builder between man and God. His hair... His head and hair were white like wool, white as snow, wisdom and purity. And his eyes were a flame of fire. There was nothing he did not see. And actually what he could see can burn through all the garbage and noise. His feet were fine brass as refined pure in a furnace. His voice of many waters and in his hand he had seven stars the leaders, angels of those churches, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. The Bible says the word of God is like a two-edged sword. His countenance was like the shining 
son in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Everyone say, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. Say lives and was dead. Don't trust your eternal life in someone who hasn't lived and died and rose from the dead. Don't trust your financial advice on someone who's never made money. <laughs> Don't trust your relationship advice on someone who's never had a relationship. Are you following what I'm saying? And so if you, if you don't worship Christ and don't, uh, um, haven't laid your life down to Christ and trusted your eternity into someone's hands who died and rose from the dead, you're, on, you're in risky business. He says, I'm the first and last. I was dead and now I'm alive and I'm live forevermore. And it says in verse 8, I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to Hades and death. Write the things, he tells John, write the things you have seen, the things which are, the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Number one, he is worthy that we bow our knee. There's a story in John chapter 18 where Jesus is being arrested right before he's crucified and Judas, one of his disciples, betrayed him. And by the way, have you ever been betrayed by one of your close friends? Raise your hand if you have. Okay. Guess what? Jesus says, I've been there. <laughs> He'd been there. How could they do this to me? Jesus says, I've been there. So he betrays him. And not only does he betray him, but he betrays him with a kiss. It makes it even worse. But it says in John chapter 81, it says, Judas having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus therefore knowing all things that will come upon him went forward after they come to arrest him. He steps forward and said, who are y'all looking for? Who are y'all looking for? They, he knows that they're looking for him. And they, say, <laughs> and they say to him, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. Everyone say, I am. I am he. And it says, and Judas who betrayed him also stood with them saying, he said, and when he said, I am he, they all fell over. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen people pray for people and they all fall, they fall over. You ever see someone that pray for somebody, put their hands on their head and they fall over? Yes or no? Yes. Say yes if you've seen that. Okay. Or sometimes they won't even, they won't even touch them. They'll just pray or they'll do that. And, and it's like you think, well, that, that's wacky, that's crazy, that's, you know, that's fake, whatever. Well, listen, it happened to me. I used to think the same thing. And I pray for many people where they, they fall over. And I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't know what happened here, and I don't even know what happened to me. But here's, what I, here's my theory. And it's only a theory. It, it, it could be wrong. But my theory is, is that when you come into the presence of God at a certain, when all, everything aligns and somehow your being encounters God in a very powerful way that all the cells in your body do this. <laughs> now, you, you may not understand what's happening. But because I've experienced it where I didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, the guy who was praying for me did not have the ability to catch me. <laughs> I'm not going to explain to you why. I'm not going to talk about his physical condition. 
his scrumph or lack of scrumph, his in-shapeness or out-of-shapeness, but he did not have the physical capability or capacity to catch me. I ended up on the floor. And every cell in my body, this is my theory, did this. Bow. The Bible says when Jesus said to the soldiers, he says, I am he, they all went, oh, snap. Bam. <laughs> Let's all stand up for a second. I want to read something to you. Philippians 2.9 says, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. When I pray in the morning, the first thing I do is I recite out loud Hebrew names of God. Atik Yoman means ancient of days. The God who sits on a throne, a fiery throne, and judges the nations. Yehovah Elyon, the Lord Most High. Elohe Marom, the God of heights. Yehovah Hashamayim, the God of the heavens. And the reason I pick, there's like 59 of them, but there's about 15 of them that all have to do with God being up there. And the reason I do that is to establish that he is up there, holy. And the Bible says that when Jesus died, they, that he was exalted at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality and power. That means the devil's down here. And then the Bible says that we have been seated in the right hand next to the Father, up there. <laughs> in, the, in the glorious light of God that is unapproachable. So this says right here, therefore God, God has highly exalted Jesus and given him a name above every name. And then at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Let's get on our knees one second. Lord, we bow in your presence. And as uncomfortable as it is for some, you are worth all discomfort. And we thank you for being a holy God that loves us despite our sin. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. He is worthy that we bow our knee. Everyone say knee. He is worthy that you bow your ear. <laughs> when he spoke to John, John listened to him. Uh, when I was a kid, grew up in New York, we had uh, a neighborhood that we lived in that was a neighborhood where everybody kind of knew each other. And when, you know, the older I got, the more I can obviously venture from my house. But I was like 8, 9, 10, 11 we had two or three blocks either way that we could play. And, and at first, you know, you say, my mother would say, don't go past the third house because we were really young. Don't go past the corner. Don't go past three blocks. And as you get older, your, the circumference of the area from your house got bigger. But I remember, you know, I had two, two block area where I could play. And when the street light came on, it would flicker before it would come on. 
I know some of y'all don't have street lights in your neighborhood. I don't know what kind of neighborhood you got. But in our neighborhood, we have street lights. And we go, and when we saw that happening, we knew we had to get home. Remember Cinderella? Cinderella was, had to get home for something happened. Something happened. And, and she had to get home before whatever that happened or the carriage would turn into a pumpkin and her, her horses would turn into rats and she would turn from a princess to having morning breath. Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? So she was, I, got, I, I, don't, I don't remember the whole thing. It was a long time ago. But she had to get home get home. That was us. So we would see the, now, there were other times when we'd be playing and my mother would call us. Now, we could be three blocks away. Five blocks away, playing football, kids running hide and seek, playing, chasing the girls behind the house and all kinds of stuff in, in the bushes or whatever. And, and, and my mother, who was 4'11", literally would say, Miles and Mark. That's my brother. My, well, she would say with her, her voice, Miles and Mark or whatever. And no matter what was going on, we'd be like, it's time to go. Because our, our ear was trained to hear her voice. When you have a baby, I noticed this, we had our first child. You wrap that baby up in four diapers. (laughs) Blanket. Wrapped. Like a burrito. (laughs) Beanie. All gangstered at two days old. <laughs> Bob wire around the crib. <laughs> Broken glass on the windows. You know, I mean, you were like paranoid. And you could be sleep three o'clock, at least my wife, sleep three o'clock in the morning, and that baby would go, ooh, fart. <laughs> I mean, it's like a barely little rumble in that bed down the hall. And my wife would be like, out of a deep sleep. Why? Because her ear was trained. I wonder if your ear is trained to hear the voice of God. That all the noise in your life, if he said your name, or if you're talking to somebody and getting ready to make a deal, and he goes, don't do it. Watch this. How many of y'all made a decision, date somebody, business deal, take a job, go to school, do, you made a decision, buy a car, and you heard this little subtle voice say, don't do it. And you did it. And it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, guess what? That one you potentially was God. Or you heard a voice say, do it, and you didn't do it, and it didn't work out. I mean, God, you were going to date somebody, and, and, and he asked you out, and you said no, and it ended up being Prince Harry. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> you just didn't know because you know, like redheads. I'm just saying. <laughs> John 10. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheep hole by the door, but climbs up some of the way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep, us, hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. If you are Christ and you are walking by faith, one of the characteristics of God's kids is they hear his voice. The reason we have D groups, discipleship groups, and small groups, our groups, is so we can have people in our life to help us understand how to hear his voice and encourage us to hear his voice. My D group, the first question I ask is, what did the Holy Spirit say to you this week? What's he talking to you about? 
And, and these guys are trained. They, they, got, they have to have an answer. I don't say have to, but it's like they're trained now. Let me listen all week. Let me listen. What's God telling me? What's God gotten the first few times? was like, well, nothing. No, no, he's talking to you. And now they're starting to get trained to hear God's voice. Imagine if every decision you make, which is ideal, by the way, you could say, Holy Spirit, what do you think? Someone asks you out. How many of y'all are single right now? How many of y'all don't have any, you're, you're single? Just raise your hand up really high. Let me ask you, how many of y'all are like on the market? Well, if you're walking and someone says, how you doing? First thing, Holy Spirit, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, you don't know because how you doing could be very satanic. While, hey, how you doing? Could be the God, could be God. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Number three, he is worthy that we bow our will. In 1979 was the first time I accepted Christ. I was in college and I was, when I come home from college, I would go to my girlfriend's house, spend the night and just be there day and night, day and night, day and night. I got saved. Two guys I'd never seen, three guys I'd never seen, hippies, shared a gospel with me in a department store. I got saved, and then I said, I can't have sex with her anymore. I was getting high. So for a period of time, this was 30-something years ago, can't remember how long, period of time, I didn't, but I still went to her house. And one day I was laying in the bed, and Jesus appeared to me in the middle of the day. And I'm laying in the bed. I have a sheet over me. I don't have a lead plate where I can't move. I have a sheet, like a, you know, a sheet. And Jesus appeared to me in the room, and I tried to move. My arms wouldn't move. I tried to speak. I couldn't speak. My body would not respond. I tried to sweat. My pores open. Your pores are the little holes in your skin where the sweat comes out. My pores open, but the sweat wouldn't come out. So I ain't got nothing to do with that. Y'all deal with that on your own. So I'm, I'm sitting there frozen and my mind is saying, get up, speak, do something. I don't know where I was going to go. Don't know what I was going to do. The Lord is sitting, standing me in the room. You may have a freaky that sounds to you. That's what happened to me. And I remember uh, frozen. My mind was going to do something and my body said, no. When you bend your will to God, it is bent. To bow means to bend your authority, to submit yourself. You bend your will to God. It's like, this is what I want to do. But Lord, not my will, but your will. He is worthy that you listen to him. Now, great that you have ideas. Great that you have desires. Great that you have dreams. But if you want those ideas, dreams, and desires to be blessed and to be fulfilled in a way that's going to best honor him and bless you, submit them to him. Come to him and say, Lord, Lord, listen, listen, this is true. I want to start a church. I think I'm supposed to start a church. What do you think? He says, oh, no, that's from me, but we're going to do it my way. Oh, Lord, I want to get married. That, that, yeah, that's from me, but we're going to do it my way. Lord, I, I want to be a dad. Yeah, that's true, but, the, but we're going to do it my way. Okay, God, your way. 
your way. Google says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, Jesus is getting ready to be arrested, arrested and be crucified. And he's praying to get out of the crucifixion. In other words, he's going to ask the Father, is there any other way that people can be saved other than me getting crucified? Because it's going to be painful. How many of you have never have, have been asked to do something by God, but you didn't do it because it was going to be painful, like uncomfortable, you didn't like it, it was just wasn't going to be fun and said, I didn't do it. You just disobeyed. Now, we all should probably raise our hand about that. Okay, <laughs> okay great. You get it. I don't want to bring my Bible to work because someone may say something. I don't want to pray in public because it may feel real weird. I don't want to share my faith because they, they, you know, it may not work. Baby stuff like that. He's getting ready to be crucified. And look what he says in Matthew chapter 26, 39. He, he's praying all night in the garden of Gethsemane. He went a little further, fell on his face and prayed. Here's what he said. This is Jesus. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, if there's somebody else that can, if there's some other way you could pay for the sins of the world other than me getting ready to get tortured, let's do that. However, not my will. I bow my will to your will. Your will be done. He is worthy that you live like this. He is not worthy that you live like this. Some of all y'all like this. Like, yeah, sometimes him, sometimes me. Some of y'all like this. No, it's all about me. It's all about me. Get my seat. Tie what I want. Serve what I want. It's all about me. He better preach what I like. I don't like that illustration. I ain't coming back. It's all about me. When you, if you could walk and stay in the presence of God, you'd be like, and by the way, it takes discipline because we are so distracted with stuff. What they had, that car, that, that dress, that this, that this, and we, we want that, we want that. And this is lust of the flesh, the pride of life and the pride of our eyes. We're always pursuing other stuff. But if we can just see Jesus every day, oh, we'd be like, God, my knee, is, my, knee, my knee is bent. My ear is listening. My will is bent. What do you want? The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up in due time. Casting your cares on him because he cares for you. Casting your worries and your burdens on him because he is concerned with your welfare. In a minute we're going to pray. Some of y'all need to do this. You need to do this in one of two ways. You need to do this and say, Lord, I want Jesus to be my Savior. You've never asked Christ to be your Savior. You've been coming to church. Some of y'all need to do this because you've asked Christ to be your Savior, but you're like this. Or you're like this. You're doing it your way. Mm. There are going to be people who have preached and started churches like me. They're going to come to God and say, I can come into heaven. He goes, no, 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 never knew you. All that you did... It was all about you. How much more for people who sit there periodically that you could be deceived because you've never really did this and stayed here. So in a minute we're going to pray. Three simple parts to the prayer. A, B, C. Admit that you're a sinner in need of a holy God to forgive you. Believe Jesus is really the Lord. He really is. And then confess or agree that he is your Savior. Now you may say, I'm saved. That he's your Savior. That he's your master every day, all day. 
It's about him. It's not about you. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And all the campuses. Dear Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. You are worthy that we bow. You are worthy that we bow our knee to you. That our physical posture is one of honor and submission. You are worthy that we bow our ear, that we listen to you, to hear your voice, to be guided by your spirit and your word. And you are worthy that we bow our will, that we bend our desires to your desires. If you would like to receive and submit yourself to the authority of God. Just pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. A prayer admitting that you are a sinner. Believing that Jesus Christ is Lord and died and is still alive and still in power. Confessing him as your Savior, your Lord, your God, your Master. So in the privacy of your heart, just pray this prayer with me. Repeat it after me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I admit that you are Lord and that I am a sinner. I believe that you died and rose from the dead for me. And I confess or agree that you are my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. I confess you as my Master. Take over my life. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up in a minute. And by standing, you are acknowledging publicly, yes, he is my Lord. I bow my will, my ear, my knee, my heart to him. If you want someone to stand with you, who came with you, tap them on the shoulder, the knee. So if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to stand to your feet in all the campuses. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.